Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. We'll stand in reverence to the Word of God. And uh, let's go ahead and do that. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. We're just going to read one verse this morning. We'll look at a couple other passages throughout the morning, but we'll have those um, on the screen behind me. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for these good folks who've come out. Lord, I want to thank you especially for the the men, uh, and Lord, and the family that's come out from the, our local fire department, local police, and local sheriff's department. Thank you so much for them, and Lord, for the sacrifice they make every day. I praise you for that. Lord, I ask that in the next several minutes that, Father, your Son would be lifted up and that the name of Jesus Christ would be edified in our midst. I pray that, Lord, if there's a heart here that is without Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation. And Lord, for those that do know Christ as their personal Savior, that today would be a day where they, Lord, they clear some of the, the cares of this life and the cares of this world out of the way. And Lord, establish a proper relationship with you. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. And Jesse, go ahead and drop that screen. The first clip up there should be, should be our passage for today. But in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, it has a word that we're going to use as our text And we'll look at it from several different perspectives this morning. But it says that we are begged by God. I beseech you is what it says. But the word beseech is the strongest strongest English word for beg that we have. And it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That word sacrifice is an important word. I did some studying last night and looked it up and got made sure I had the proper context. But what this means in this context, in this verse, is it means that the destruction, the surrender, or the loss of something to gain some object, some ideal, or to gain another. Let me read that again. The word sacrifice here means the destruction, surrender, or loss of something to gain some object, some ideal, or to gain another. To sacrifice anything is difficult and it is never without a price. I stand here today because others have sacrificed. I am able to be free because of the men and women who gave their lives so that I can stand here today. I stand here as an individual because people that cared about me and loved loved on me cared enough to sacrifice things and to give up things so that I could be here. You see, what I have today did not come free. What I have today did not come cheaply. What I have cost some people everything they had. And I am so thankful that I have that today. But to sacrifice anything is difficult and it never comes without a price. You'll find sacrifice is almost always tied to strong feelings and emotions. To truly sacrifice into something you must invest personally into that ideal or into that, pers- uh, into that person. And let me say this before I jump into my first point. When a sacrifice is made on our behalf, that sacrifice ought to be recognized 
and appreciated for what it is. When this crazy idea for today came to me, I was sitting down. I talked to my wife a little bit about it, and I called Stacy Pilana down at the police department. Stacy and I have gotten to know each other a little bit through the years. All good reasons, amen. But uh, we'd gotten to know each other. And so I called him, and I bounced the idea off him. And he said, well, I think it sounds good. He said, I don't know exactly what to tell you. don't know what to exa- exactly to expect. And I said, well, neither do I. We had that in common, amen. But one of the reasons I felt this was necessary today is to appreciate what these people do in our community. You see, when a sacrifice is made, I feel very strongly that to the best of our abilities, it ought to be noticed. And I really believe that goes far beyond just what we're doing today, and I believe it goes far beyond just the people we're honoring today. There are moms and dads, there are grandfathers and grandmothers, there are brothers and sisters who have sacrificed in our lives to get us to where we are. And folks, I'm going to tell you something this morning. I believe with all of my heart that that sacrifice ought to be noticed and appreciated for what it is. I believe that with all of my heart. I'm going to jump mics here. For you guys that don't know me, I don't like to talk standing around. It's hard on me. I want to give you three thoughts about sacrifice today. Three thoughts about sacrifice. Number one, according to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, we are all to be living sacrifices. In fact, according to this verse, we are told it is our reasonable service. What that means is that's that's the least thing that you and I can do. Now, I've looked at that verse an awful lot of times, and I've used this verse a lot of times in preaching, and I'll tell you something, always, 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 when I look at that, I come to a place and I say, Lord, I, I know I should sacrifice, I know I should give, I know I should be willing, but Lord, you, really, that's the least that I can do? I always struggle with that, but that's what God tells me. And I want to say this, a living sacrifice is one who daily demonstrates the life that Christ would live if he were among us today. It simply means to get up and go about our jobs, our chores, and our responsibilities that today brings in a manner that demonstrates sacrifice. You go back 10 years from today, and I was listening to the radio this morning and getting some final thoughts and some things together. And can I tell you, see, those those people that went into the Trade Center on that day, they had no idea what was going to happen. They were not preparing for a catastrophe, but can I tell you what they were doing? They were going about their jobs, they were going about their daily responsibilities in a way that 10 years later we look back on and we respect that. We appreciate the fact that they had a job, they had a responsibility, and they were upholding their end of the bargain. That is sacrifice. Can I tell you, Dad and Mama, you uphold your end of the sacrifice every time you get up and you go to work. You uphold your end of the sacrifice every time you make little Johnny or Susie's lunch and you get them off to school on time. You uphold your end of the sacrifice every time you do what you've been called to do. That's what it is to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is not one who goes out and tries to accomplish great things. A living sacrifice is one who does what they're supposed to do on a regular basis. That's what a living sacrifice is. And boy, I've looked at that, and I've looked at my own life, and I've seen some areas where I lack. You see, going back 10 years, and boy, listening to some of the things on the radio and the television the last couple days, and they touch your heart. But those people's stories resonate with me. Why? Because they were living sacrifices to our country's freedoms and liberties. I believe it was 10 days later the first baseball game was played in the United States after those attacks. And I remember, I remember, I, I, I wasn't there, but I remember watching on television. And people were almost fearful. 
People were scared. I was reading Mike Piazza was telling the story of the, the first day a baseball game was played in New York City. It was the Mets against the Atlanta Braves. And they said how during the pregame, as songs were sung, speeches were made, and everybody was on edge, and nobody felt like they should be at a baseball game. That's the last place they felt like they should be at. Yet in the eighth inning of that day, he hit a home run that ended up winning the game. And the manager goes up, Bobby Valentine, said how he, he almost, you, you could almost feel the release of tension and emotion as people cheered and, and felt it peace again. Oh, fear wasn't gone. The, the, the things that had scared us just a few days previously, they were still there. But see, people said, we're going to go about our lives. You're not going to intimidate us. You're not going to scare us into hiding in our homes for fear something can happen. And they said, we'll be a living sacrifice. You see, they said, we'll show the world we're not afraid. I was looking biblically at a man who did this very thing. A man by the name of Daniel. Daniel was a godly man, one of the most upright men in the Bible you'll find. In fact, you'll find that not, nothing negative scripturally is ever said about Daniel. Man was unbelievable, unbelievable Christian. But, but King Darius made a law, and that law said that no one could pray to any god except to an image he had made of himself, or to, to the king himself. He said, you cannot pray unless it's to me. Daniel, being the godly man he was, went home and prayed openly. He said, you cannot intimidate me. He said, you can imprison me, you can hurt me, you can take my life, you can throw me in the lion's den, but he said, I will not live a life of fear. I'll be a living sacrifice. And that's exactly what he was. And Christian today, can I just encourage you? You see, number one this morning, we are all to be living sacrifices for Christ. Point number two, and Jesse, if you'll switch the screen. You see, a greater sacrifice than to be a living sacrifice is to be willing to give up your life for what you believe in or for someone you love. In John chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That verse right there impacts me. You see, when... When a man or a woman lays down their life, there is no greater act of devotion, there is no greater act of respect, there is no greater act of love that could ever be shown than that right there. You see, folks, you, you look at the people who've laid down our lives for our country, and I'll tell you something, they loved it. You look at the people that have sacrificed their lives for what we have today, and can I tell you what? They loved the ideal they gave their life for. There's no greater love a man can have. No greater love that you can have than to lay down your life. See, it's one thing to live for what you believe in. It's another thing when you're faced with the choice, life or death, to believe that all over again. See, a lot of people, we believe in something enough to kind of enjoy it. But there are those that believe in something enough where they say, I will, I'll be willing to put my life on the line because I believe in this. I believe in this. Now, thank God that there are those who believe in someone and they'll give their lives for someone. But you look at the life that says, I'll give it for something I believe in. And folks, that's incredible. That's incredible. God's not calling. Don't worry, okay? I know you get all nervous. Folks, can I? <laughs> We're going, maybe he is. Amen. What's he saying? But a greater sacrifice is when a man lays down his life for his friends. 
I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for friends like that. You know, we've all had friends in our lifetime who've been there for a moment. But when the going gets tough, don't you find out who your real friends are? The story of the prodigal son, the Bible says he went to a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. And boy, he partied and he had a big time. Everybody loved him. You know why? Because he had the bucks. But one day came and his money was all gone and his, everything he had to offer was, was ripped out of his hands. And can I tell you where he ended up? He ended up eating out of a hog pen after the hogs had eaten. See, he didn't have any friends. And I'm thankful today for friends who will lay down their life for one they love. But this morning, what I really want to get to is the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. And Jesse, again, I'm going to ask you to change the screen. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6, the Bible says this, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, I said that we are commanded to all be living sacrifices. I said, number two, that the greater sacrifice is to lay one's life down for their friends or something they believe in. But the greatest sacrifice was when Christ laid down his life for those who put him on it. That was the greatest sacrifice of all. You see, if you go back to Romans 12:1 for a moment, you see, the reason he can ask me to be a living sacrifice is because of what he demonstrated when he died. That's the reason God can look down and say, you are to be a living sacrifice and that is your reasonable service because of what he did 2,000 years ago. You see, he took his own son and he willingly allowed him to be beaten and to be scourged and to be whipped and to be spit upon and to be mocked. And he allowed that and he allowed his son to be, to be stripped naked and to be hung on, a, hung on an old rugged cross and have nails placed in his wrists and have nails placed in his feet and to be hung there and to be humiliated. That's why he can ask me to be a living sacrifice because of what he did with his son. You see, his sacrifice, according to Romans 5, and we've got other scriptures I could go to this morning, but his sacrifice was not for friends or loved ones. It was not for an ideal that was perfect. You see, Christ's sacrifice was for those who beat him. It was for those who spit on him. It was for those who put the nails in his hands and his feet. He died for those whose sin placed him on the cross. The Bible says here in Romans 5, he died for those who were ungodly. It says over in the book of James, he died for those that were enemies or at war with God. Let me get real personal. See, he died for me. Romans 5, 8, but God commended or showed his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, and that while I was still putting him on that cross, and that while I was still mocking him, and that while I was still spitting on him, he died for me. 
You see, when he was there, he looked down and he did not look at friends. You see, his friends had forsook him and fled. Do you know that every disciple forsook him and fled? We, we talk about Peter a lot. And we say, oh, Peter denied him three times. Yet in the same passage, every single disciple, the Bible says, forsook him and ran away. Said, we don't know the man. We don't want anything to do with the man. We don't want to be associated with the man because we're not willing to sacrifice. Jesus said, I will. I will. I know they don't love me. I know they don't care. I pray that one day they will. But if they never do, I'll sacrifice. My friend, that is the greatest sacrifice of all. And that is why we are to be willing to live our lives as a sacrifice. And if the time ever comes to lay down our life for the things we believe, and for the things we love, we are to be willing to do that. Fellas, I'm thankful for you guys. I've talked to John, John Moore and I have become good friends through the years. I can get away with almost murder, and you saw that this morning. It will cost me later. But, but you know, John goes to work, and you, you guys have a dangerous job. All, all, all three of you departments, man, you got a dangerous job. There are times when, God forbid, you know, your wives don't know where you are at every given second. And I can tell you, being a married man, that doesn't always go over great. And I appreciate that sacrifice that you're willing to make. And Christian, can I say this to you? You and I are to be living sacrifices. And if the time ever comes where God says there's a cause and there's a reason that is great enough to live for, then we ought to say, yes, sir, and God, if you're willing, I'm going to give my life for that. My friend today, I would encourage each of you who know Christ to be a living sacrifice for Him. And for those of you today without Christ, would you accept what He did on the cross of Calvary? You see, He gave His life for mine. He died so I could live. What a sacrifice. What a sacrifice. You see, He gave His life for a fella. And folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up in church I was a church kid. I was a Christian school kid. I had the best of everything. But can I tell you, I was far from God. You see, outwardly, I knew how to play the game. But inwardly, I was lost and I was undone and I was ungodly, as ungodly as anybody you've ever met. And it finally hit me. I'm the guy who put him up there. And praise God, I'm the guy he died for. This morning, would you please come to that place in your life where if you know Christ, you live it. And if you don't know Christ, accept Him. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're just going to take time for a brief invitation this morning. And I just want to say if you've, my friend, if you're here and you've never accepted Christ, would you make today the day of your salvation in Christian if you know that, then let us walk out of here knowing our reasonable service is to be a living sacrifice for Him. As the instruments begin to play, if God's laid something on your heart, I'd encourage you to come to the altar.
right. Well, we are going to um, allow the fellows and family who's been with us today to slip out first. We want to get them to the front of the line. Um, I know there is a memorial service or a 9-11 service down on St. Furiel Island at 4 o'clock. Am I correct on that? Where, where is it at on St. Furiel? Right on the waterfront, and I know if you can get down there, it'll be well worth your time, but that's at 4 p.m. today, and uh, do we get to play with the fire engine? Sure, all right. You heard it. All right, good night. I saw that pull in, and I, I know it, man. We're going with it. Woo! All right. But no, I do. Let me read what the plaque says, and then where's, Ron, you're going to take the fellows on the fire department down. Where's John at? He's out showing off his new hair. <laughs> John, come on down here. But uh, just see you folks, I, I was a little nervous, you have to forgive me. But the, the plaque says, an appreciation for your service to our community. With thanks, Bible Baptist Church, September 11th, 2011. And so we thank those guys. Let's give them one more round of applause. John, why don't you slip out with Stacy and, and Chad and Sheriff McCulloch, and then Ron, I'll let you guys slip out the other side. Head downstairs, get first in line. We have tables reserved for you downstairs and everything. Um, if you guys need anything, though, you let us know. Fellas, thank you so much for coming today. We surely, surely, surely appreciate it. closed with a word of prayer. Folks, thank you for coming today. Um, I purposely tried not to make it a depressing morning. Um, a lot of the stuff I watched would have taken us, um, well, you look at some of the images from 10 years ago, blow your mind. It, it, it just I was surprised by how fresh the wound still was, quite honestly. Listening this morning to, to former President Bush and then President Obama speak, and boy, just, just tears began to well up. There was a young man who shared a story of his father who passed away in that tragic accident, or tragic bombing. It wasn't an accident. It was an act of terror. But just, folks, we need to be thankful for the freedoms we have, and that's what I wanted to celebrate today. We have freedom and we have liberty. God's been so good. Let's go ahead. What are we showing? <laughs> 